You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What is up, everybody? My name is Kyle Matovic. I am the host of the In Liberty and Health podcast, where we talk all things liberty, health and wellness, and beyond. My hope is to encourage and spread the message of liberty and physical and mental well-being. I hope you enjoy all the topics we talk about with our guests. We're on all major streaming platforms, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Last minute, we put this together. I'm pretty fucking stoked to have two gentlemen from the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania, much like myself. I got Constantin and Gregory Deal. Greg is now the newly appointed secretary of the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania, and Constantin is just a uh, you know another autistic libertarian like the rest. I am nobody, <laughs> and I'm gonna correct you so so it's not weird later. Constantine. Oh my god! Listen, it's my. I show, get that all the time, and I fuck everybody's names up my name's really hard to pronounce you know matovic nobody can say that which is fine he, i'm expecting oh my god yeah where people go with that is where they go with it and sometimes it doesn't go to uh, many pleasant places guys what the fuck is going on anymore we have now left-wingers coming out against lockdowns and speaking out against some of the atrocities that have been committed but it's like you know it's really sincere at this point like We've kind of been saying this shit for the last two years. They're supporting Nazis in Ukraine. Um, we're going to start World War Three, but and COVID's like gone. It's the rate at which shit is moving. I can't fucking keep up with it. I'm pretty good at staying on top of things, but like, I just I can't stay outraged for that long. I'm like, man, I just like I want to do this stuff. You know, play music, these pretty guitars, and I want to hang out with my dogs. I want to drink some whiskey. You know, what the fuck's going on out there? Pretty quick. It's like warp speed. It, it's, uh, you turn your head and you're missing it. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. 
it, it, it's I like I said, I can't keep up with it. And I always see something new on Twitter, something that somebody else is outraged about. Like, dude, I I have like a job. I got a job. I got a band. I got the podcast. And I I try to be a little bit more active in the LP than I have been. But, you know, with a wedding coming up this year, it's like I just I can't fucking keep up with all. Better this year than the last two. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people kind of were asleep at the wheel when it came to 2020, and I'm seeing a lot of right-wingers in particular kind of waking up and saying, oh, I don't think there's any hope now. And (laughs) when I hear people say that, it's like, I don't think you understand how bad the problems were for as long as they were bad. Because if you think that this just all of a sudden happened under Biden, you have been completely clueless to the inertia and the weight of the problems that have been underlying this economy and the global empire that we've been trying to maintain. Well, that's that's yeah, something. I, one thing I've noticed, actually. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, you go. Constantine, go ahead. <laughs> okay, I was, was going to think the one we're really bad at this. The one thing uh, uh, I've noticed recently is a lot of the you talk about the right wingers uh, waking up a little bit. Um, I've noticed a couple. Actually, just before I got on this call, I had a uh, conversation with one of my friends who's a who's a right winger, and he was talking about uh, how there's no way he's going to be voting for Trump if he if he runs again in 2020 and 2024 here, um, because they're they're starting to finally come around and and realize some of that. And I've been having that conversation more and more with with people that it wasn't just Biden. It's it's it was before Biden. It was it was Trump. Um, who started putting all these lockdowns and everything in place. And they're starting to finally starting to wake up to that. Right. And on top of that, he was responsible for all the stimulus checks and all the bailouts. And so many people will talk about inflation, but I do believe that gas prices were going to go up no matter what. But I think it's definitely in large part due to all the inflation that was generated over the last, you know, 20, 30 years, but especially over, you know, 2020 and 2021 for all the bailouts and for all the generous COVID packages. Uh, Constantine, what, what do you got to add there? I know you're biting your tongue a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I was just saying about about people on the right. I mean, it's it's funny because, you know, they'll be the first people to tell you, oh, this, none of this would have happened if, if Trump was in the White House. But then you'd say, well, I mean, yeah, no, it would. I mean, and granted, like, I'm, I'm not a fan of Biden. And I'll tell you, the first thing that Joe Biden did when he got into office was put the kibosh on that pipeline. And the first thing that he did was signal to the oil companies that he was hostile to them. So what did they do? They have to hedge against bullshit. That's what they do. So when they hedge against bullshit, the price of our gas goes up. Right. Well, the other thing was that in 2020, there was, uh, I can't remember the name of the agreement, but they all agreed to roll back production because um, demand was going down because people weren't leaving their houses as much. And then from what I understand, they were never able to meet the same demand once everything started opening back up. So uh, I, people like this binary extreme and these simple, you know, kind of sexy answers. Um, right. I rail against this shit all the time. And perhaps it's why I'll never be Joe Rogan or anything like that. I'm not saying that Joe Rogan does this, but um, I'm not willing to just throw red meat to throw red meat, right? I, I want the long drawn out answer because I want to know the context. I want to know why the problems are happening. And That's this why is you're a libertarian. Why, right, right. And, and <laughs> this is why I probably piss everybody off, but I don't want to just say, well, if Trump was in, things would be better. Well, no, there's a lot more nuance here. And let's talk about the minutia a little bit, because if you just say, well, he's a right winger and he's closer than the left wingers and that's good enough for me. Well, 
we we need to criticize everybody along the way because if you don't know what you're doing wrong then how are you supposed to know when you're doing something right and this is my problem with the whole paleo route which i i've kind of been talking about this a lot recently but um I, i'm i've said i'm zero percent partisan on liberty so if you think working with the gop in whatever locale you're in is the best way to liberty i fully support you um here in pennsylvania i think we're in a very 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 unique position because we have a very great libertarian party here we have a lot of great activists and we have plenty of people elected and they may not be you know grand seats but it's picking up steam um people throw rocks at me for saying that and i'll take the hits but honestly we do have a great party here in pennsylvania so i'm very supportive of that but where I'll kind of depart from that is that we need to criticize the people who got elected and aren't doing what we elected them to do, right? We cannot become just another complacent party in this political process. We need to hold the people that we elected accountable so that way when they do something wrong, they know, hey, you know what? If you're not telling, you know, if you're not being beholden to your constituents, then you need to go. I'll vote for a Republican over any fucking libertarian if they're going to be more libertarian than the libertarians. And I don't think it's an unreasonable thing. Some people might get mad at me for saying that. But if we're electing libertarians, I want a libertarian. I don't want a Democrat. I don't want a Republican. I want a libertarian. That's what the standard needs to be. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And actually, I weird thing is, is another friend of mine and I were talking about this today as far as principles. Right. And and. If you have somebody who's not living up to those principles of libertarianism or if you're a right winger, not, you should be the first one speaking up against that person because mm -hmm. they're going against what you believe in and what your principles are. And if you're if you're not doing that, then you're not doing it right. Um, you know, so seeing libertarians <laughs> act poorly, uh, we as libertarians need to be speaking out against those libertarians who speak poorly, just like uh, I'm Catholic and I spoke out against the pope whenever he was they were hiding priests who fond of little kids right my wife's like why are you doing that i said well because that's not my values like it's it's against my values to do this and if we don't speak up then how can we expect anybody else to, to speak up for us because that's not our principles i didn't know that about you greg i'm proud of you that's awesome but you know and and, and yeah I mean, we, libertarians need to be the party of principle. There's so much more to libertarianism than just, you know, smoke weed and machine guns, right? It's, it's an entire, it's, it's a philosophy. It's an economic system. It's, it's many, many things. And it's very specific. We're not centrists. I need to be very clear about that. We are not centrists. We're not a combination of fiscally conservative and socially liberal. We're socially I don't care. Leave me alone. And fiscally, I want real money. That's that's what we need to be. Um, you know, how many books are there on republicanism? How many books are there on democraticism? It's on nonsense. You know, at least with libertarians, we have our, our major philosophers are also economists. Like that's awesome. And economics is like the bo most boring thing in the world, but it gets me excited because it's a way to look at the world and make sense of it. And, you know, I think that's a big deal. I think that's awesome. And that's why I'm so drawn to the Libertarian Party. Right. And I believe it was Jeff Deist who said, if you check a Libertarian and see how they are in economics, if they're bad on economics, they're probably bad on most other things. And really, I find that to be more and more true the more and more Libertarians I get to know. Um, as you see guys who are really, really attracted by the kind of outspoken Democrats, 
you can kind of see their economic policy being pretty shaky and you realize they're really not that good on much of anything. They're the kind of guys who would justify lockdowns and vaccine mandates on the basis that you may save a life or two, you know, from COVID, right? They're not going to look at the collateral damage. I mean, it's like the reason Cato types who literally wrote an article saying, you know, well, we're libertarians. We we're okay with vaccine mandates. Like, no, you are at this point worse than useless. You are harmful. I don't want anything to do with you if you're going to justify medical apartheid. And I'm, you know, like, what the hell are you doing? This is the biggest issue of our lifetime. Our government told us you could not leave your home. And us being here in Pennsylvania, we had, you know, some of the worst there at first. So, you know, how do you think we feel when we look at these people? And how do you think right wingers or people who are more inclined to, you know, vote our way or feel the way that we feel, feel when they see, you know, people Cato saying, well, we're libertarians, we want lockdowns. That's why you have people like James, <laughs> James Lindsay going on podcasts, ripping on libertarians. It's like, no, those guys are fucking jokes. I don't associate with them. They're the same guys who would say, I'm, so, you know, I'm socially liberal and fiscally conservative. No, you know what? Fuck that. I consider myself a socially conservative libertarian. I believe strong family values are going to be the um, best way forward to tolerate the kind of libertarian society that we want to see. I have a whole podcast recorded on social conservatism, but, you know, that's kind of that, that's not necessarily a topic of this show. But that's my personal philosophy. I don't expect everybody else to feel the same way. But, you know, if sex work is your top priority after 2020, I, I don't think we're on the same page. And I think you need to readjust your priorities. <laughs> You're doing it wrong at that point. And yeah. I think you brought up a good point there about libertarianism and, and our philosophers. Um, to me, libertarianism and the Libertarian Party are two completely separate things, right? Um, I, I look at libertarianism more as a, a, a as a philosophy, a, a way to live, right? Because it, it has the pillars of uh, of what you're looking for, and and the the strong economic ties, and and having people leave you alone. Um, the Libertarian Party is a way to help facilitate that, um, and it, it's just. You, when you find people who are not in line with those values, which we do have quite a few, and we've seen quite a few even in uh, two weeks ago in our in our, our convention, uh, it, uh, it it's kind of disheartening. But then you see the the movement that we have going now. That's uh, uh, that's always great to see. I, I really like seeing strong libertarians that are strong on on the things that they need to be strong on at this point. I am so pumped about the future of LPPA. I am so pumped. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we do have a strong leadership here. And like I said, I, I get rocks thrown at me because I people think it's all or nothing, right? You have to go GOP if you want a libertarian society. But I, I really don't think they understand just how strong our LPPA is here. And like we like I was kind of talking about earlier, you know, maybe. 100 what 176 elected libertarians that are auditors there's a few mayors constables stuff like that but we don't know what this looks like as you kind of go down the line right because now people can't say that you'll never get elected right because okay we've proven that wrong um people can't say that you can't grow the party because we've proven that wrong i mean look at last year's convention at this year's convention i mean there was exponentially more people at the convention this year and it's not like these are 
all Lulberts. I mean, these are people serious <laughs> about libertarianism. So it, it makes me very, very optimistic for the future of this state, um, being that we've been kind of a democratic shithole for <laughs> quite a few years. Um, I, I think the tide can definitely change if we not only hold our own accountable, but we continue to push, you know, this forward. Um, so when it comes to you guys kind of talking to your friends, family, or people kind of in your locale, um, how do they seem to react to the LPPA and kind of what we're doing? <laughs> you know, it's funny people. Um, so the, the Republicans are totally losing their base and, and I'm so pumped that people are actually noticing it. Um, you know, I've, I've actually even started to, to, to kind of, so uh, Scott Horton has a thing that he says that attack the right from the right and the left from the left. And, and I've gotten pretty, I like to think I've gotten pretty good at that. Uh, but I'm much better at attacking the right from the right. Uh, Cause that's where I like to live. And the, the conclusion, so that I bring everybody to is it, the easiest one is with guns. So I, I've, I've spent a lot of time in the firearms industry and I'm pretty familiar with the ATF and, and all the stupid laws we have. And if you look back in history, the vast majority of all gun control passed at the federal level was for, by Republicans. Mm -hmm. The reason that you can't have like the number one piece of activism that I, I get like really pumped about is, is introducing young people or even people on the left to machine guns because everybody does the face everybody after they shoot a machine gun they got <laughs> they, they get just the this overwhelming sensation just of giggling and it's it's the most fun that you can have for about 20 20 bucks and and you know but but the republicans are the reason that they compromised away our machine guns republicans are the reason why they had the assault weapons ban in the 90s because a lot of people forget although clinton signed it that was passed and pushed through on the uh the bush senior um uh administration clinton came into office and just oh yeah okay i'll sign this sure the only reason that it had a sunset on it was because it was probably written by Dem or republican sorry the same thing but the uh <laughs> the um there just recently I saw there was a, a big piece of legislation that was, I guess, and I'm not sure how it works. I haven't read into the whole thing yet, but it looks like it nullifies second amendment sanctuary cities or sanctuary states or locales or whatever. And somehow it's a piece of federal legislation that, that overrides that. So number and and it was passed mostly by Republicans, which is like, it, that made me really upset, but you know, the people that are all about raw, raw states' rights are, are now taking away the state's rights to prevent the federal government from infringing on their rights. Like, come on. And these are the Republicans. The Republicans should care about your constitutional rights, but it's clear that they don't. And like people get all excited about, oh, we got to have a convention of states. We got to have a convention of states. The first thing, mark my words, the first thing that they, if they get, get away with it, the first thing that they will do is they will destroy the second amendment guaranteed they will compromise on that to get whatever other nonsense they want that's a good point yeah now where i'm at we have i'm about 87 percent republican 
Um, so it, I'm very, very heavy Republican in, in, the, in my area in rural Pennsylvania, rural Butler County. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I like to, you know, we, you hear this a lot in libertarianism is, is you meet them where they are. Um, I like to get them to start agreeing to a couple things um, that I believe in, um, such as we start with something easy, start, you know, mask mandates, um, things like that. Then I try to do my best to walk them towards some of the other um, libertarian philosophy. Uh, a lot of times I, like you, uh, Kyle, I get, uh, you know, some rocks thrown at me and I get told that I'm crazy and I get told that I'm stupid a lot of times and I have no idea what I'm talking about. But uh, uh, it, it takes a while, but it, it, uh, it, it really has been beneficial. I've actually seen some, some people starting to change their minds, um, you know, in, in, in my conversations that I've had. Right. And I like that you guys were kind of bringing up the right wings losing their base. Um, when you have Donald Trump out there pumping the vaccine just as hard, if not harder than Biden, um, he's getting booed. This is the guy that was supposed to be the bastion for freedom and the leader of the free world that's going to drain the swamp. But then you find out, oh, he's hanging on Jeffrey Epstein's island. Oh, he's pumping out the vaccine. Oh, Operation Warp Speed. Um how am I supposed to? Oh, and even you could look this up on Yahoo News. Um, he said that he would not fire Fauci because he would take heat for it. And I had somebody tell me that, oh, if he got reelected, I think he would fire Fauci. He said he wouldn't. So under what universe are you trying to live in to say that he would? So when you kind of add all that together, I really don't think the outcome would have been that much different. Prices would still be higher. The Keystone pipeline probably wouldn't have got canceled before I understand that actually doesn't provide as much gas as people think. Um, Obviously it still helps. And I think that we should continue that, but I really think that's probably about the only difference. The Afghanistan withdrawal may have been a little bit sooner. It still would have been a disaster. Um, Like I kind of said more towards the beginning of the show, the inertia of government would have kind of carried most of these things along and Trump in usual Trump fashion would have bitched, pissed and moaned, threw his belly up and then kind of let everything happen as it did. Um, He didn't stop lockdowns. He still bailed out all the States. And if you looked at, um, all the uh, stimulus packages, when there was all the pork going overseas, his revisions were, instead of sending $20 million to Pakistan, we'll just send $18.5 million, right? We'll, we'll still give him plenty of money. Don't worry. But don't worry. He's fighting the deep state. And th- this isn't to sit here and just criticize him. But I mean, it, it's like when you say Democrats are horrible, it's like, yes, water's wet. We all know that. <laughs> Thank you for saying something so revelatory that, you know, nobody ever heard that before. I, I don't have to criticize Democrats and I will. But it's like we know that this has been beat to death so bad already. We need to criticize the people who have the potential to be a lot better because a lot of people who came from the Trump camp are fantastic. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. She just gave that speech on the floor about Ukraine, how we should go fight Ukraine. But where I'll criticize her is she's saying, oh, China, 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 China. We got to go fight China. China's a real enemy. This is what drives me nuts about the right right now is that, okay, you have Sabatini, you have Massey, you have Rand Paul, guys who are great on a lot of stuff. But then you have a couple of these guys who are like good. But then as soon as, you know, they're done, you know, saying things that Ron Paul would essentially say. They say, well, we have to stop doing all this ridiculous stuff so we can focus on China. It's like, you guys are missing the ball. Why don't we just focus on America? Why do we have to be enemies with people? Why do we have to have this big, bad, tough leader? No one's going to come over here and fuck with us. We've got a bigger military than everybody else in the world. And not only that, they want stuff that we can produce. And we want stuff that they can produce. Why go to war? (laughs) Because they don't understand economics. 
Exactly. Right. That's and, what it always yeah. comes down to. And the thing is, is that uh, we're benefiting. Oh, sorry. Um, we're benefiting from this whole deal with China. Greg, go ahead. I was going to say, and and uh, our greatest export is is our military power. It's that that's what it is. That's what we that's what we do. That's um, coming from somebody who is in the army. Uh, um, that is that is what we provide. And we're the world police, you know, in many ways when we have no business being anywhere. Right. I completely agree. So, um, Constantine, you can kind of add on to this where you see necessary, but this might be a little bit more targeted towards Greg. Um, when I hear people say all police are bad people, I kind of get annoyed because this goes back to one of the things that just grinds my gears when people go to extremes, right? Um, I don't think all police are bad people. I think they've been given bad um, knowledge and they've been given a bad card set, if you kind of understand what I'm saying, where um, they've been taught from the time they're young that police serve and protect. Well, when they arrest people who are being peaceful people, just smoking weed in the house, when they do that or when they arrest people on possession charges, they legitimately are convinced that they're protecting and serving. We know that they're not. Um, I kind of apply this to the same um, deals like people who are in the military where they legitimately think they're fighting for our freedoms. Um, we know that what they're doing is wrong. I don't think they're all bad people. I just think that they've been given bad information. Um, Greg, how do you feel about that? What's kind of your thoughts? And Constantine, you can add whatever, um, obviously after Greg's kind of given his two cents. Well, five cents now. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, sure. I mean, again, I don't believe all cops are bad. I, I, I agree with you there. And, and, and same with the, uh, the military. A lot of, a lot of people will uh, join the military usually for a couple things that I, that I've seen. Um, number one is because they have this grand idea that they're going to help defend the country. Um, I've seen that a lot. And, and actually, believe it or not, the, the second biggest reason is for them to pay for school um it, schooling is 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 the the second biggest thing that they that they that they use the military for um yeah they they get a they they, they get this grand idea and then they kind of get exploited in in many ways um and they leave jaded um i was just in the pa national guard and um and they actually helped me drive me farther towards libertarianism just seeing the waste of taxpayer dollars that 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 we were just wasting on a daily basis um and, and like i said a lot of these people a lot of our veterans are, are leaving jaded and in my opinion that's a, actually it's a great uh avenue to try to find more libertarians personally um but it, it's really it's really kind of it's really kind of tough to to define that um and that's why i really firmly believe in the defend the guard legislation um that we're looking at uh, passing it's it's you know keeping making it basically showing that it's unconstitutional for the president to use national guardsmen to go overseas if there's not a declaration of war um, mm -hmm. which i think is great now um, what i did i was a truck driver so i never was i was never deployed um, and i actually enjoyed what i did because a lot of times we would be doing things to help people um, the turnpike got shut down we'd be out there shoveling um, people out of their cars we'd be driving them taking them to hotels and things like that during the, you know the emergencies uh we helped plow downtown pittsburgh um because the the trucks couldn't get out and those are the things that uh you know that that a national guard 
you know should be doing within their state, which I think is you know a great thing. Uh, but we shouldn't be overseas fighting wars that uh, we have no business being in in the first place, and there's no actual declaration of war. So I, I think that uh, you know people join for those reasons, and then ultimately end up getting getting jaded and hating um, the military, hating the United States, and, and hating everything about it. Constantine, thoughts? <laughs> yeah, no. So um, I know a lot of people, you know, do the, uh, the, the ACAB thing and the all that fun stuff. And I don't, I don't believe. So I, I don't like generalizations because um, they're just they're they're generalizations. They're they're extremes and they're not accurate. I have met um, a lot of a lot of cops uh, throughout my tenure in the uh, firearm industry, and with every single one of them, I always like to say so. Uh, you know what I have, you, you're going to come take my guns. And they always say, Oh, uh-uh. no, I'm like, no, 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 no. So when they give you the order, because the federal government, right. And they, they come in, they say, Hey, you know, you got to round them up. He's like, I'm not taking your guns. I'm nope. Nope. I'm going to be sick that day. You know, <laughs> there, there are, there are a lot of cops that join the force because they want to do some good. Exactly. Uh, and there are cops um, in now, I find that in areas where there's real crime, you end up having more good cops. In areas where there is very, very, very low rates of crime, you end up with a lot of these super cop, captain hero kind of guys that will um, they'll pull you over, they'll pull you out of the car because, you know, they smelled something or whatever, right? Um, but... A lot of a lot of these areas where they really need law enforcement actually have a lot of of excellent guys that are indeed protecting and serving, uh, and I have a lot of respect for those guys because those are the guys that are coming in on harm's way. Those are the guys that are going into a dis- uh, domestic disturbance call at you know eleven o'clock at night because you know one of the spouses is drunk and beating the snot out of the other, and it's not always the man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I have a lot of respect for those people, but on the flip side, the people that, you know, I, I have a big problem with no knock raids. I have a huge problem with no knock raids because law enforcement, just like anybody else, they, they're given information and they are told, Hey, there's a really, really bad guy in there. And that guy hurts kids. And that guy does this and that guy's that. And then so all these guys are all revved up. It's two in the morning. Oh, everybody's sleeping. We're going to get them. We're going to get them. And then you have the Breonna Taylor thing. Or uh, there, there was a, there was another one that the guy actually won. The, the cops uh, tried to do a no-knock raid. They were at the wrong house. And uh, as I recall, the guy shot at the cops and there were some exchanges. And then they realized that they were at the wrong house. Everybody stopped. And, and I, I think charges were pressed or something. That guy... It ended up getting sorted out and that guy lived. Um, but at the end of the day, the reality is over the course of a, an incorrect address, they could kill a perfectly innocent person. The whole Brianna Taylor thing could have happened at any time of the day. They knew when nobody was home. They specifically waited until she was home to execute the raid. That's bullshit. If you're going to do a raid like that and you're looking for evidence because you're looking for, for something that's hidden, you're looking for drugs, you're looking for money, whatever, whatever. Whatever it is that they're looking for, whether I agree with it or not, if they're looking for those things, do it when nobody's home because they know they, they, they do stakeouts and all that fun stuff. They, they gather their intel and then they execute the raid. 
they need to stop doing it in the middle of the night. And, and at the end, and if that keeps them from catching the drug dealers at two in the morning, then so be it. I don't care if, if they're dealing drugs, the kids pop them when they're, when they're dealing the kids. If, if they're, they're only dealing drugs to adults. If you, if you feel, you know, I think all drugs should be legal, but if you feel the need that you need to take down that drug dealer or whatever, do it at, do it during the day. And I swear it, I think that should be a, an extremely high standard. Even if we don't eliminate no-knock raids, I think at the very least they need to hold an extreme level of liability because if anything goes wrong, the people in charge need to be held criminally liable, right. and that family needs to be taken care of. Exactly. Well, you know what? I had uh, Josh Sabal or uh, so, Jesus Christ, not Josh Sabalski, whatever the hell his name is. Uh, I'm I'm like half retarded. <laughs> um. Anyways, we were talking about um. The problem with most news coverage, and this goes to kind of police situations too, is that we never focus on making the victims whole, right? We want to throw the books at people and we want to, you know, give police no accountability. Well, if we had more accountability on police and we were looking to make victims whole, then the whole situation would play out better, right? Because then police would be disincentivized from acting recklessly, right? You wouldn't go no knock raid at two o'clock in the morning, wake people up because that's just a dangerous situation for everybody. I don't want police to get shot. I don't want, you know, civilians to get shot. I don't want anybody to get shot. Why can't we, you know, go to these people if we have a reasonable suspicion, talk to them and, you know, try to deescalate rather than escalate. Because clearly if someone comes barging into your house at two o'clock in the morning, what's your first thought? Oh shit. <laughs> what are they in here for? Um, so when you do things like that, like, the situation is so unnecessarily tense. We go about it such a better way. But, you know, once again, if we're going to do these things, then the people committing these acts need to be held to account. And then if someone was wrongfully killed or, you know, caught in a crossfire, then that victim needs to be made whole in, I don't want to say whatever way possible, but we need to focus on how to make them whole. And once again, disincentivize bad behavior. So that way we don't have to worry about people dying, right? everybody kind of gets what they need. You know, if there's a criminal, they get put in jail, they get handled, whatever. And then the victim they're taken care of, but no knock raids to me just seems so ridiculous. And especially with qualified immunity, because it's like a, you know, Hey, get out of jail free card. Whatever you got to do is whatever you got to do. And you can't give somebody this arbitrary moral authority and expect them not to ever abuse it. Some people won't, but it's, I think that's a very, very big risk that you're taking when you allow something like that to be, you know, law. Well, one caveat about qualified immunity, and, and I have some issues with it because I think it's a little broad, but they are protected if they follow policy. If they go outside of policy, then they're not, they're not protected by qualified immunity and they can be held uh, civilly liable uh, like as a private person. So they're, they're, but the legal system is obviously tainted a little bit in favor of, of law enforcement. Cause right. you know, they're, they're our protectors. Um, and, and I get it. And it's a, it's a thankless job and, mm -hmm. and it is what it is, but, but I mean, to, and, and just to, to kind of give, give a little bit of, of um, kudos to the cops mm -hmm. uh, in, in my, uh, in my area, there's a, there's a particular uh, 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 municipality or precinct, whatever you want to call it, a jurisdiction, uh, where there was a, a rookie cop that was just pulling over everybody for every little thing. And the other cops would laugh at him. They're like, they'd, they'd, they'd make fun of him. They'd give him a hard time. 
to the point where they actually had a meeting uh, to talk to him about, um, uh, I can't think of the word, um, just, you know, about being a little bit more selective who, who you write tickets to and, and uh, anyway, not just not being so overboard. And so they call, so they had a, a meeting amongst themselves first before they brought this other, this, this rookie in. So they sent the rookie out on a coffee run and sure enough, the, you know, they're all in the room, they're all talking. And then they hear him call in a traffic stop on the radio <laughs> and they're like, God damn it. Blah, you know, and they're like, cut him loose, go get the coffee. I don't care what you pulled him over for. <laughs> so, you know, again, so there are some good cops out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, there are some bad ones out there too. And, and, you know, bad apple ruin the bunch. So yeah, no, I'm with you. It's, it's definitely, it's a nuanced situation. Like everything in life, it's usually somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And I, and even to your point there, um, I'm also a big fan of a reactionary police force, um, you know, not having them, you know, hiding behind billboards, trying to pull people over for, for things like that. Um, you know, more like a, uh, an ambulance service or a, you know, fire department, something like that. So that way you won't have things like a cop's going to go get coffee for everybody and ends up pulling somebody over for something stupid. Um, it's just a, it's just a revenue generating, um, scheme in my opinion. The road pirates. Oh, the word I was looking for was yeah. discretion. Uh, discretion. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> kind of tagging on to this point, after 2020, I think libertarians really should have started to kind of shift their thinking on this and go towards more of a localization strategy, right? Because if you have a sheriff, if you have a mayor, if you have a local police force who says, look, we're not enforcing these ridiculous laws, and there were plenty of them, right? I had Ian Smith on the show, um, episode 54, I think it was, right? The New Jersey gym owner who refused lockdowns, right? The sheriff came to his gym when he was open illegally in May of 2020, and he said, you guys are all in violation of federal law, and the state of New Jersey would have me arrest you. Something like that, right? Have a nice day. And then he leaves, right? Be in with your sheriff like that. If you go up to your sheriff and tell him he's such an asshole because he's a cop, how do you think he's going to feel about you? And when, you know, lockdown time comes around again, because you know something else is going to happen, there's going to be something else. Um, how do you think he's going to feel if you treated him like shit? If you're a business owner and you just wanted to heckle the police because you don't like police, why don't we start to become friends with our local sheriffs? Why don't we try to talk our local sheriffs into being more libertarian, right? So that way they kind of say, hey, you know what? This is kind of bullshit. I shouldn't have to do this. And then over time, guess what? Less and less nonviolent criminals go to jail. Less and less bullshit laws get enforced. The police are more safe. The civilians and people are more safe. I don't see anything wrong with that, but just shouting, you know, a cab on Twitter and holding signs that all cops are bastard out in the middle of the road. That's not going to do anything for you. Let's, let's work on a solution here. That to me is a solution. Once again, just saying black lives matter and all cops are bastard. That's not a solution. You know, I, I agree with your premise and what you're getting at, but what's your solution? Not a lot of people have it because not a lot of people actually can think for themselves, to be honest with you. They, they'll, they'll hear something and, and run with that rhetoric and, until they're blue in the face. Mm-hmm. 
Well, it goes back to kind of the extremes where you could sell something pretty easily because it's sleek and sexy. You know, if I sit here and say carbs are bad or police are bad, then everybody will just gravitate right towards that. No, well, I'm going to eat zero carbohydrates and fuck police. Well, once again, let's let's kind of get to the nitty gritty here. Um, is it the carbohydrates that are bad or is it the carbohydrates and fats together that you just can't stop eating that are bad? Is it the bullshit laws and the bullshit education that we're indoctrinated with for you know 12 to 14 years that's bad or is it the people enforcing it bad? I, I, I think it's a little bit more nuanced than that, but I think we need to go to the root of the problem rather than trying to slap band-aids on. So you hear a lot of people talk about we need to close the border. Well, why do we need to close the border if you know we don't have laws that incentivize people from coming here? So I agree that right now now perhaps it's better to limit immigration but what's the you know what's the problem we have an over generous government that will allow people to be excessively burdened while they're not contributing right if that's the heart of the issue so we could build a wall and i get it i'm not 100 on board but i'm not necessarily opposed but once again what is the core of the issue i think we as libertarians have a lot of the solutions but you know it's not as easy as just saying build a wall there's well, a lot more to that. Yeah, well, and and also, uh, again, the whole immigration thing is a fundal misunderstanding of economics, mm-hmm. right? So when you when you build a wall, when you restrict immigration the way you have in the United, because I I am an immigrant, and understand that the immigration system in this country is fucked. <laughs> I, you know, and I, I I'm not I'm not sure how family friendly your show is, uh, but oh, dude. <laughs> We've been throwing up a storm already. We're, we're about 40 minutes deep. So fair, fair enough. Fair, well, it is fucked. Um, the entire immigration system that the U.S. has, uh, especially post 9-11, uh, incentivizes basically human trafficking uh, in, in all the worst ways. Um, so the, 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 the normal ways of, of entering this country legally are if you're extremely rich, you can like literally buy your way into a visa. There's like a whole like thing that you can demonstrate that, oh, I'm super duper wealthy and I can contribute into this nation. And there's a legal avenue to, to immigrate easily into this nation as a result of that. Uh, you can marry a U.S. citizen, um, which literally incentivizes human trafficking. Or you can win the lottery uh, because it's just this like random mechanism of you put your name into a hat and then they pull your name out of the hat and yeah, you're lucky enough to uh, come into this country. Um, and as a result, it is so hard to get into this country that, and it's so wonderful here compared to the rest of the world. Uh, I was born in the, the former Soviet union uh, and the land is now known as Ukraine. Finally, uh, that actually matters when I tell people that. <laughs> um, but, but the, uh, I mean, the rest of the world sucks. I've been there. I have family all around the world. Um, and, and, uh, you know, I, my, my parents keep in touch with them more than I do. Uh, but it sucks. I have family in Australia and I was hearing my, my parents were telling me the story that, um, so, uh, there's, uh, there, so there's a, a young family, um, and they uh so they had a kid the grandmother was so for them to see the baby they had to meet at a park that was exactly like six and a half miles away or i guess kilometers from their house because over there you could not travel more than 
I think it was seven kilometers from your home. And luckily the halfway point was this park that was six and a half kilometers from each of them. So they were able to see the baby and, and, you know, meet in a park and like, you know, and, and, you know, and every once in a while I'll, I'll be in like a, like a Facebook group and, and I'll interact, like end up interacting with an Australian. And then I'll just say like, I don't care what you have to say because you let your government do this to you. You guys gave up your guns and this is what happened. And there's a reason why the lockdowns in the U S weren't nearly as bad as they are in Australia, because at least in the U S if it would have been that bad, it would have been a really bad day. Yeah. We would have had a lot of cops calling sick to work that day. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm confident of that. You know, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And the U S is by far, like, it's not even close the best nation on the planet and, you know, it, for all the faults. Right. But even, you know, even though, so you have all these other nations and then the U S being as, as wonderful as it is, people are literally building floats out of trash to get here and the reason that they have to do the the coyote thing or you know yield themselves to sex trafficking or whatever is because it's worth it and like that's the gross thing about it that's the the worst thing about it is it's worth it so the only people that they've created this huge incentive to come here illegally and they're doing nothing about it and all the and and you know they they like to cry and pretend stand at the fence and and virtue signal in their white clothes, these stupid morons, but they haven't done nothing to correct the immigration policy in this country. Mm-hmm. You know, and you could, you could be a conservative, you could be a liberal, you could want open borders and you, you could want closed borders, but you need to look at that and say, that is bullshit. Absolute nonsense. Yeah. I watched a video where they were, they put a two month old uh, on trial. They have the, these, these trials where these, these judges, these immigration judges have to go through 140 trials in a single day, right? And they put this two-month-old on trial with, with no representation, no parents, nothing. And then they, they kick this child back out. There are stories of people, you know, of immigration coming and taking actual American citizens and, and moving them out. It's, we, that the policy is so messed up. It, it needs to be so much easier than, uh, so much more streamlined than what it is. I don't know if you guys have actually ever taken the the immigration test that's online that they have. You can take like like 20 questions, things like that that the the, the immigrants have to to pass in order to to help get their visa and everything like that. 95% of Americans couldn't pass that test. There, I, I took I took the first test and I, I I considered myself fairly intelligent, and I got a 12 out of 20 um, <laughs> on the first time I took it. Like it's. most people would would not come anywhere close to it um but just because we're born in a certain place we have we have more rights than others i think i really think that it needs to be more streamlined and and easier for for people to to get over here and you know participate in the society and um you know make it better over here right and it's funny that a lot of people want us to have this global empire where we're going to go send our military might to go fight ukraine and we can also go do regime change over in the middle east we can go fight in the very top of africa and somalia and they some of these people also want closed borders but you know you can't kind of have this empire where you're destroying other countries and not expect other people to come here when we have a pretty good quality of, uh, you know, standard of living. So as you make other countries worse 
and incentivize people to come here and you're destroying their country, eventually they're going to say, well, I'm going to get the hell out of here. I'm going to go over there. So if we had more of a system where we had more trade with countries or, you know, even more free trade, right, then these people's standard of living would go up. They wouldn't want to leave their countries because they would have better jobs because they would be able to provide goods for us. And then we would have, you know, kind of the same deal where we wouldn't depend on foreign countries as much because we would build stuff that we could consume and sell. And once again, you would have everybody would be better off, but said we want to play empire, we want to play regime change, and we want to have drug laws, we want to have strict immigration laws, we want to have you know all the cakes and eat every single one and not get sick and not have to deal with getting fat and sick from eating all these cakes. Right? You don't get to have it that way. You're gonna get diabetes, you're gonna get fat, and you're gonna die, right? And that's where I think kind of America's headed if we don't kind of roll some of this shit back. We can't have, you know, military bases in 150 countries or whatever all over the world. We can't be fighting in six different countries at once. We can't continue to, um, you know, perpetuate a genocide. Um, We can't have these strict immigration policies where you can't let absolutely anybody in or you make it incredibly difficult and have these arbitrary rules for people to get in. And you can incentivize people to illegally come to the country and then keep these same immigration policies and expect you know the empire to last we have to start kind of changing things so um you know kind of looking down the line where do you guys see things going within the next couple of years oh boy deep breath i think it's going to get worse before it gets better yeah yeah i think it's going to get worse before it gets better i i, I think that i don't want to say it like this but we're on the right path going in the wrong direction um <laughs> you know what i mean we're we're, we're I mean, seriously, we're, we're, we're heading down a really bad path, but we're starting to wake people up. You know, you're, you're seeing Democrats who are, you know, getting tired of, of the, 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 we're getting tired of the COVID mandates and, mm-hmm. and we're starting to see Republicans that are starting to get annoyed with all the wars that we're, we're getting involved in and, and, and fighting. And um, we're, we're seeing people who were, you know, normally, you know, for government regulation that are, that are starting to realize that, this government regulation is is not good for us and that we need to start rolling some of that stuff back but i think it's going to have to get worse um to get almost extreme before we start waking up the amount of people that we need to wake up to 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 make a change and make a movement mm-hmm. <laughs> i think it'll either get better or it'll get much much worse and i i believe that so I, I have I have a lot of, uh, of of white pills that I see all the time. The the LP the, the change in, in the LP, particularly in the LPPA, I am pumped. I am extremely optimistic. The the fact that um, I hear people like Ben Shapiro talking about Ludwig von Mises um, gets me really excited. Um, the fact that I uh so we're we're homeschooling my daughter uh but uh there are there are very very few like homeschool resources in our area but they're actually starting to pop up uh so that's developing and growing uh so i getting a lot of optimism there um so i i see a lot of really really uh bright things in the future um but then on the flip side i see people um being more divided than ever, um, the the COVID thing. I mean, you could literally, you could literally part people 
like to an extreme um you know i think uh, i think people were pretty darn close to 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 losing their cool over covid um i think inflation is really freaking scary right now um you know if you compare price i was looking at i was comparing prices on things between now and like 2008 because we were all talking about gas prices and stuff like that and i was i was looking them up and i was putting in the the stuff in the inflation calculator and we've lost like 25 percent value of the dollar um since since i graduated high school um which for me doesn't feel like it was that long ago but it, it was 2007 so it's yeah oh, i feel like an old man um <laughs> uh, but i see i see a lot of things that people were were willing to do um around covid and uh, I'm glad that they didn't do it, um, but there was, uh, you know, the the control that the government was going to take over. I, I watched a video, and I think, again, this is Australia, um, but I saw a child being ripped away from her father's arms um, at, a, like, I think it was an airport or something, but by law enforcement, and oh my God, if, if I didn't see red. Um, you know, I, the, so I, I see, I, I feel like we are at this point, we are on a, a, um, a tightrope and either we're going to make it to the end and things are looking up and things are looking good or things are going to get very hard over here. Um, I've, I've seen it before, you know, I've, I've, I, I mean, you know, Yugoslavia was not that long ago and and everything in Yugoslavia was fine it was totally fine it was completely fine it was a little tense but it was fine and then it wasn't and then it really wasn't um and then it was it was pretty bad for a little while and I don't want to see that here um but I'm I'm worried that that that's where they're taking us uh because it's uh I don't think that the leaders care. Um, you know, they were certainly, we, we all know that like with COVID, like in the beginning of COVID, yeah, lockdowns, whatever. Okay. We were all scared. We didn't know. We had no idea. It was scary. It was new. It was terrifying. And then the Democrats told us to go and, and hug a, a Chinese person in Chinatown, which sounded extremely racist. Uh, a lot of people forgot about that. Look it up. They really did. They, they really said it. Um, but you know, then, then the lockdowns happened, everything was really scary. And then we started learning that yeah, that's not, not quite, you know, the, pretty much only affected the, the eldest and the most, you know, uh, endangered people in our society in terms of health. And, uh, and they just doubled down and then they tripled down and then they quadrupled down and they still quintupling down, but they're also pulling back. So I'm a little optimistic there. But, you know, at the same time, like, they don't care about us. And, and that's, that's what has, and, and that's the black pill. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, uh, it's hard to assess what's going to happen next. Um, I think in 2019, we kind of had like a clear picture of what the future kind of looked like. Like, okay, well, things are probably still going to continue to get worse. And then 2020, I really think brought a lot of people out of their comfort zone. Um, 
Greg, what do you think about where we're going over the next couple of years and what do you think is going to happen? I know it's tough to predict, but, you know, if you had a crystal ball, what do you think it would say? <laughs> well, I was just thinking this, at this as, as Constantine was talking um, and not necessarily saying that's something that I that I would like to see, but uh, I was wondering what it would look like for what we would call like the fall of the American empire, right? Like we're, you know, we're, we're kind of on that precipice, um, you know, and I was just thinking to myself, like, would that be one of the greatest failures of in world history? You know what I mean? With how mm. big of an, how big we are and how strong we are and how, you know, and how much money we have and all this other stuff. Um, and continuing on that path, you know, very well may lead to one of the biggest falls of, of overall regimes and, and countries in, in, in world history. Um, obviously I don't want to see that. Um, but like I said, I think, I think things are going to end up getting worse um, in, in the immediate future in the next couple of years, but I'm optimistic that we're going to start seeing some people, um, you know, changing their tune and, and kind of realizing it. Um, Americans are resilient uh, in, in many ways. Um, you know, we, we haven't had a, a great catastrophe um, that has, that has united us in a way um, in, in, you know, 20 plus years, but even that lasted only what a few years before we started being, you know, so divisive again. Um, and I don't want to have to have some type of another great catastrophe for, for us to start, you know, working together and trying to actually fix something. Um, so I guess the you know, short answer is I, I don't, I don't see it getting any better anytime immediately soon, but uh, I am kind of optimistic that uh, it, it will eventually at, at some point turn around once we start, you know, people start realizing what is actually happening and why it's our government's fault. Yeah, I think it's about all we could hope for anymore. We've been shooting the shit for about an hour now. Um, I'll ask you both the question I try to ask all my guests at the end of every episode. I'm pretty hit or miss on it, but I'm glad I remember this time. Greg, what does liberty look like to you? Liberty looks like the, the ability to, to do what I want. Um, and, and, and not being forced into something that I don't want to do. Um, liberty also means responsibility, responsibility for myself, uh, you know, for my family, for my friends and, and making sure that, that, uh, you know, I'm doing what I can for them. Um, and doing that without being told to do it. Uh, it's, you know, that, that old shopping cart, uh, you know, theory, like you can govern yourself if you can put yourself, put your shopping cart away. And it, it kind of boils down to that, you know, taking care of yourself, taking care of the people that you love and um, not worrying about uh, what other people are, are doing and not, not getting in their way from, and from living their lives. Cool. Constantine, what does um, liberty look like to you? Liberty to me looks like living life without having to turn on the news. Wow. Simple, like sexy, concise. I like it. Right. You know, <laughs> if, if we lived in a free society, I wouldn't have to worry about what Washington was doing. We lived in a free society. My dollar would be worth as much today as it was yesterday, as it will next week, because the money will, will, will be sound. Um, you know, I won't have to worry about whatever consequences of whatever stupid foreign policy they're kicking out. I won't have to worry about them coming to take my guns. You know, that's what... I won't have to worry about having to cover a uh, property tax bill, you know, without government, 
who would take grandma's house away for failure to pay property tax that she paid off 50 years ago? Right. You know? Yeah, I think that's, uh, I can't think of anything more criminal than property taxes after you already bought the property. That's it's like such a small, silly thing. And a lot of people might think that's like a dilatory, but like you own this. This is your property. You know, you, you put blood, sweat, and tears into your labor so that way you could own something. And they'll still hold this over your head to tell you like, hey, not yet, motherfucker. Um, what does health look like to you, Greg? Uh, again, it's being responsible for yourself. Um, you know, making sure that, that you're doing things the, on a daily basis to make yourself more healthy. Um, not just physically healthy, but, you know, getting out and exercising. Um, you know, but uh, mentally healthy and emotionally healthy and uh, financially healthy uh, you need to be in my opinion you need to be working on yourself as much as you're working on everything else um, it's, it's a constant struggle and it's something that you should always be striving for every day is uh, you're working on working on something working on yourself in some way absolutely i agree constantine what does health look like to you self-assessment mm-hmm. so when you when 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 you uh when you can't get up without making dad noises Need to, need to take a look at that <laughs> you know when uh when you've got something that doesn't feel quite right if uh you know you're you're dealing with uh some kind of struggle that you didn't a couple of weeks ago got to take a look at that it's it's uh self-reflection self-maintenance our bodies are machines you gotta you gotta keep them tuned up and you gotta blow the carbon out every once in a while yeah yeah you definitely gotta put <laughs> your uh, foot into it ever here and there to uh you know, blow all that black shit out of there. Believe me, I've uh, seen not quite a few vehicles and I do believe that sometimes <laughs> you got to beat the shit out of yourself every here and there physically and mentally to uh, kind of get to the other side, you know, um, build the calluses on your hands there so that way you can uh, pick up what you couldn't the day before. Um, gentlemen, Greg, what do you got going on cool in the future? And what do you want people to know? Where can people find you? Anything you got going on? Yeah, I'm, I'm currently... Uh, buried neck deep into the libertarian party of pennsylvania stuff uh, trying to get ourselves uh up and running and, and on the right foot so i've been doing a, a whole lot of that 10 hours yesterday probably five or six hours today i got another two or three hours tonight plus um uh, getting stuff done um i'm on facebook at uh, greg deal for lppa secretary and on twitter at grego deal awesome constantine well i'm uh I'm focused on folk. Yeah. Wow. There we go. First one. I did pretty good. <laughs> I'm focused on keeping the libertarian party excited, motivated, and, and in good spirits. Um, I am a cheerleader minus the pom-poms and the, uh, the, uh, the sexy physique. I, I, <laughs> no, but uh, you know, I, I love getting people fired up and I, I, I love building people up and I love encouraging people. And uh, you know, when, when I participate in the, uh, the, the different functions of the LP, I don't have a role, uh, but I try to really just encourage everybody I can. And man, I've met so many awesome people within the LP. And uh, so I'm, I'm focused on just continuing to build on that, improve that, getting more people involved, uh, encouraging people to check out the, the, obviously the Libertarian Party, but also the Mises Caucus. Man, I, I love the Mises Caucus. 
Uh, I love everybody I've met in the Mises caucus. There's not been a single person in the Mises caucus that I've met that have like, you know, what? screw that guy. I don't, I can't be in the same room with that guy um, or gal. Uh, everybody is just, just warm and friendly and awesome and just, just good people. And, you know, I love the Mises caucus. I love the libertarian party. I love what we're doing. And I'm so, so optimistic about the future and really, really hoping that uh, that it can t- we we can make it to the end of that type tight rope and see liberty in our lifetime. Yeah, I think uh, everybody here shares the same um, opinion and the same hopes. Um, I'm sure probably all my listeners do as well. Um, we got a lot of cool stuff going on here in 2022, 2023, and I think 2024 as well. Um, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I'm sure it's going to be a hell of a ride and. I have to say that I was a little skeptical of the Libertarian Party, um, you know, late 2020 and 2021. But um, this year, I think the, you know, this is my home and these are my people. And I maybe would feel different if I were in a different state. But um, I I truly think we got something special here amongst all the people in the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania, even people who are outside the Mises Caucus, which we all consider ourselves a part of. there's plenty of great activists and I've had them on this show who are in and out of the MC. And I, I think that we have the real potential to make some serious change within our lifetimes if we kind of keep up the good work. So um, any final thoughts or do you guys want to rock and roll on that? Hey man, I appreciate it. I think uh, like you were just saying, I think we're on the right path. Uh, I think that uh, the MC is the way forward and, and I think the LPPA is going to do some great things coming up and I appreciate you having me on. Of course, we'll do it again. Constantine. Likewise, I really do appreciate you having me on, and I am so pumped for Reno. Uh, this will be my first national convention, and uh, if the national convention was anything like the Pennsylvania convention, it is going to be an awesome time, and I hope that we can all continue to have as much fun as we are to bring more people into the Libertarian Party, and you know, so that the, the future that my kids really uh come of age in is freer and better in every possible way than it was when i was a kid nice yeah i think it's a future that we all hope for um i will probably paypal or do whatever to send everybody a couple bucks so that way you all can do shots on me out in reno if i was getting <laughs> married this year i would be very very tempted to go out to national um, maybe that's something next year, or the year after, but uh, unfortunately I just cannot logistically make that happen. So I think you uh, can, I think oh, you can, I, if, if you try enough, I, do you need me to talk to your fiance? I, you know, oh I'd be happy God, to. no, no, we, we, I, I totally wish we could, because this year is going to be like that magic year. I mean, I know it's going to be an awesome time. I so wish we could, but I just logistically could not do You could it. have Elvis marry you. What are you doing planning this huge wedding? Come to Reno. We'll take a ride out to Vegas. We'll get you married there. Elvis will do it. It'll be. We, we already been to Vegas once. I, I don't know how I feel about going back out there. Um, we're going to be in the free state of Florida in November for our wedding. So uh, I'm, I'm definitely excited for that. Maybe we, you guys can like send for Elvis and tell him to come marry us and uh, see us to Key Beach or where we decide to get married. Um, guys, we will definitely do this again. I'm glad you guys could help me out with this last minute. Um, I think a lot of people are going to enjoy this chat too. And, um, like I said, we'll definitely do it again. And, um, you know, 
until next time, everybody, I hope you enjoyed. Subscribe, check out Axis Sledge Supplements. Use code Matovic10, Matovic10, M-A-T-O-V-C-I-K-1-0 at checkout to get your supplements. And, uh, you know, check out the uh, Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania and the Libertarian Party Mises Caucus for the uh, way forward to liberty. And uh, until next time, everybody, take care. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.